Shaga? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Michelle Kanan, and you're listening to the Radically Selfish podcast. Radically Selfish is a movement. It's a personal revolution. And so I'm talking to women that have personally revolutionized their own lives and taken back the definition for what it means to be happy, healthy, and to do things their own way. Fuck what society tells you to do. You get to live the life that you want. Today, I'm talking to DJ Tasha Blank. So we're going to have an extremely imperfect discussion today, you and me. It's going to be super fucked up. It's going to be really fucked up. <laughs> There's high stakes and high pressure to make this like the best. So we're just going to let that go. Yes. We're going to um, aim to disappoint everyone that's listening Sorry, guys. Apologies in advance. I know you thought we were interesting people with a lot to say, but I just need to warn you now, if this is what you're expecting from this podcast, you're just going to have to skip on over to the next one. <laughs> so, hi, this is Michelle Kanan, and this is the Radically Selfish podcast. I'm here today with DJ Tasha Blank, who is... Wow, so many amazing things. Um, but she's a beacon of light for me here in New York City. She's one of the reasons that I re-fell in love with living in the city after moving away for a few years in a half. Um, she is a DJ. She founded one of my very, 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 very favorite parties, The Get Down. And uh, she's a music producer and a sorceress and just a really interesting unicorn type of person. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have her here today uh, to talk, to just have intentional conversation. That's what this podcast is all about. It's just an opportunity for women to talk to each other, for me to connect with all the women in the mm. world that I want to get to know better and who uh, inspire me in the way that um, they're living their lives and in the freedom that they create for themselves and in the possibility because I just believe that through us living our truth, we can create a ripple effect for everyone else out there in the world. And when I think of you, I think of somebody that really lives her truth. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So for people that are not blessed to know <laughs> who you are and what you're about, uh, do you mind just starting off by talking a little bit about yourself and where you're at? Sure. Um... Well, you definitely summed up the main points around music and dancing, and those are definitely the things that I have chosen to build my life around. Um, though it's very much the medium, you know, the actual content, the actual message is really about freedom and magic and possibility and adventure and truth. and. I've just found that music and dancing for a lot of people and definitely for me are the quickest ways to flip me out of my sort of bullshit brain mm -hmm. and into what's real and what's possible and what lies beyond the limits of what I have imposed on myself um, or even old patterns from previous generations or previous relationships, you know, these things that we take on and carry with us and take on as true um, that really just live in our heads and I found that dancing is such an amazing and effective way to get out of our heads and in back into the possible and into more joy. Well, and when you talk about dance, um, I really want to qualify that. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's <laughs> dancing that maybe a lot of people know as either like you have to be classically trained yeah. or quote unquote good at dance and then there's like the sexy dance that you do at clubs to like impress or turn on other people or to like look or be sexy but when you talk about dance and in all my experience with you and this kind of dance culture in New York or at festivals like can you talk more about the freedom of dance? Totally. I, I often have these moments because dance is this sort of specific thing for me um, it has this very deep meaning for me and then I, I'll have these moments where I realize it's this whole other thing for so many people you know they people will say I'm not a good dancer or I never learned how or um, to me dance is the purest expression of our humanness mm. and it's something that we're all born with 
Um, there, there was a study done by the National Institute of Sciences on 120 babies from all around the world where they played different kinds of music for all of them and they each had different responses and they had, they had their moms holding them and their moms were wearing earplugs so the moms couldn't hear what was being played. And, uni and, and each had sort of different responses to every kind of music that would, was played but universally all 120 babies danced rhythmically to house music. <laughs> Get what? Yeah. Who did that study? National Institute of Sciences. That's amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> and when you think about house, it's four on the floor. It's this sort of very straightforward drum beat. It's about the rate of your heart when you're dancing. Mm. 120 beats per minute or mm. a little higher. And it's something that everyone can move to. And you look at any indigenous traditional culture, dance is a part of daily life. It's not something special. It's not reserved for people who have a certain training. Um, it's not reserved for stages. It's just a part of life. Mm -hmm. You wake up in the morning, you dance. You go out in the town center and you dance. And, and also dance and music are not separate. All the drummers are dancers and all the dancers are drummers. Like it's, there is no music without dancers, no dance without music. And what's happened in our culture and a lot of Western culture is we've gotten so disconnected from our bodies and live so much in our heads and are so sucked into our screens um, that everything's gotten sort of compartmentalized. Yeah. So dance is this thing that's separate from everything and music is this thing that can be separated from dance as opposed to I have ears and so when I hear a rhythm, it goes into my ears and into my body and my body moves to it because that's what it was born to do. And for me, I mean, especially these days, especially in this culture, there's so much input, there's so much information coming at us all the time and so much to digest that it, our brains can't process it. It's too much. and. And I need to have several times a week opportunities to process it through my body. To There's just so much energy that gets built up in my system. They can't be discharged fully through talking um, or meditating or anything. Yeah. I have to actually get in my body and move it out and shake it out and make sounds and use the entirety of my physical form as opposed to just using my mouth and my head. It's so true that you bring that up because most people um, or many of us are used to because even we're like living through our brains so much that we need to process everything through our brains too and we forget mm -hmm. or we never learned even like I, it's not anything that I learned when I was growing up that our body stores emotions or feelings or trauma or or just the experience of just like moving around in this world and like protecting ourselves from everything that's going around in this mm -hmm. world and so we don't have that education of like okay how do we also release from our bodies like not just use spoken word to get something out but to move all of that energy that's living inside of us yeah yeah and the body and the mind you know it's not even that there's a body mind connection it's that the they're the same thing right happening on different sort of frequencies but at the same time and i've had enough wild experiences where it's just so clear that I've gotten sick because of an emotion that was stuck. Yeah. Like, I couldn't deny it. It seemed weird at the time, but I was like, that's, there's no arguing with the fact that that just happened. Um, and, yeah, there's so much going on at a physical level and, and in that, that space that is the body and the mind that our Western lens of looking at health and existing as human just doesn't encompass um, and so so my thought was you know there was a lot of ways I could have gone with trying to get people into their bodies and work with that mind-body connection I was really into healing arts for a long time and um, you know I, I do a lot of different things but it came down to how can I get the most number of people moving hmm. at the same time hmm. together in a room. 
I'll become a DJ. <laughs> so wait, when did you become a DJ? <laughs> um, I started doing it pretty much full-time about five years ago. Um, I had been throwing parties before that. I started throwing parties in 2009. And eventually DJing came out of that. It became really clear that it was time for me to start holding that space for myself. And we can say we can be clear that it wasn't only a selfless thing to do for other people like it really fulfilled something inside of you too right it does it's it's been interesting you know because i was super afraid of it yeah i was super afraid of it and it was really intimidating and i had a lot of people say over the years why don't you start djing and at that point the technology hadn't fully switched over, so all my music was on my computer, whereas people were still using turntables, and it's real, It's a heavily male-dominated field. Hmm. Um, so even just being a woman, I was like, well, I can't be, I'm not a DJ. Like, I don't, I don't fit into that box. And it was really intimidating. And it just became clear that it's what I needed to do. And so I kind of grinned and bared it for a while. Because also, here I was, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And <laughs> I was one of those people who was, I, I was pretty good at several things off the bat. Like pretty naturally good at some things I had knacks for. Um, and anything that I wasn't good at, I wouldn't do. Because I hated that feeling of not being good at something. So when I sat down to learn to DJ, it's like I'm sitting in front of this piece of hardware that has all these buttons and I don't know how to use it. And I had to surrender and accept that I was going to suck at it hmm. um, that's, for a while. That's hard. I, I can empathize with that. Like, yeah. I mean, but also with a lot of people that like if we're not good at something right yeah. away or like even just the fear. Like I remember I tried to be a surfer for a while and I was really good at getting out into the water and feeling mm -hmm. like really good getting in my wetsuit and like with my board. But every time I had to go to get the wave, I just like psyched myself out over and over again. Like, and I was like, oh, I'll just let, I'll let him get that one. Or like, oh, they got it first. Like, and I, I, I remember that feeling of like really holding myself back instead wow. of going for it. So what, what finally like made you do it? Because I think a lot of people, and I know a lot of people, they have things that they really want for themselves or they feel really called for, but there's always like that tipping point moment. Yeah. So what was your tipping point moment? For me, it was building over a long period of time. And I would have to say it would be when the guy I was with took his old DJ gear that he no longer used. He had a couple of CDJs. He took them to Guitar Center and exchanged them for a controller, a digital controller, and basically set it down in front of me. It oh, was wow. like, listen. <laughs> You need to be doing this. Okay. I was like, fine. Everything <laughs> in my life has kind of been like that. All these, all these things. It's been a long, a long process of just facing fears um, and learning how to find free, freedom beyond them. It was the same thing with dedicating my life to dance. I was terrified of it, and it wasn't until I got just bitch slapped by the universe. You know, it was it was abundantly clear, had been for quite some time, that I needed to make my life about dance. And and you know how they say it's like the universe will first whisper and then it'll speak louder and then it'll start knocking and then it'll run you over, run you over with a car or something. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of I've I think I've been learning to listen more deeply and get the messages sooner. But those first few big moves where I definitely had to be hit over the head. Hmm. Um, and now DJing is one of the most fun things I do. It's, it's such an honor to hold that kind of space for people. And yeah. I really want to shout you out right now because you're like in one of those professions or spaces where people could so easily say, oh, yeah, that would be nice, but like, how can I be successful at that? Or like, I can't just go and like be a DJ or party mm -hmm. for a living. Like, 
I, I, I couldn't make that happen. And, and you're saying, like, within five years, like, you've really, because you committed yourself, well, yeah. because you've been bitch slapped in the beginning, yeah. but then really <laughs> listened and committed yourself like you did it. So I just want to honor that and um, and say that out loud because, and that's one of the reasons that I have you here to yeah. talk, because it's so easy for us to psych ourselves out of something and say what's not possible and what can't work. And you're just this extremely amazing example of making it work, like wanting something and going for it. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Um, and I would also say, you know, it's like, I listen to a lot of Kyle Cease, and who, do you know who he is? No. Oh, he's awesome. He's a, he's a transformational comedian. Oh, amazing. He's fantastic. And he talks, he talks about a lot of things, but one of the things he talks about a lot is how the head and the heart speak differently and how we have these two voices inside of us that say, the first, the first impulse says, wouldn't it be great if, or I would love, and then the second one goes, yeah, but. Hmm. And, <laughs> and you can tell that the first one, or whenever it arises, is your heart speaking because it only speaks in impulses. It only speaks in next steps. It doesn't speak in outcomes. And the head comes in and it speaks in logic and planning 20 steps ahead and outcomes, etc. So, So for me, my head was like, Oh, so you want to be a DJ? Well, how, how is that going to work? How are you going to figure that one out? Mm -hmm. And my heart was like, shit, I know, I know that I need to learn how to use this freaking controller mm. and probably throw a party. <laughs> and, or actually, first I started a class. Uh, I stopped throwing parties for a while and I, I started doing these dance yoga sessions with, I would work with a yoga teacher and I would DJ the whole thing and I would facilitate the dance part of it. And that was kind of my DJ boot camp. Hmm. And then once I felt confident enough, I approached CLO, where I still some of the time do the get down, and was basically like, so you guys aren't doing anything from 6 to 10 p.m., right? Because you open at 10, right? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can use our space. You're so badass. <laughs> and so it was, it's been this journey of step by step, mm. feeling my way. Um, and listening to my heart, uh, because it's it's definitely already surpassed the dreams that I had for what it could look like back then, and I f it feels like it's about to take off on a whole new level as well. Yeah. So for people that haven't been to the get down, like it's like being in some crazy dance church, <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing because yeah, it's from six to 10, right? So mm -hmm. anyone that has the excuse of like, I need to be in bed by 10 o'clock. It's like, no problem. Like you can dance your heart out, sweat. Like I, I love the space that you created because it's super um, consensual, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if for any other women out there that have had the experience of like going dancing and what it means to be like bothered by unwanted contact or like guys or other women like suddenly like rubbing up against you and like having to finagle that and also like just drunken party energy like all of that is not existent in these mm -hmm. parties and so it just is such a safe space and such a fun space and it doesn't take away from any of like the sexiness or the energy or like the amazingness of the people that dance there like there's drum circles there's like people hanging from the ceiling there's like <laughs> it's just you know it's just amazing and it's something that i thought um new york ran out of like that yeah. was one of the reasons that i moved away a yeah. few years ago when there was like a really hardcore bro culture that was going on here and um and so when i moved back and i discovered your party i discovered this whole other like pulse in the city and this community that i am really fortunate to be a part of mm -hmm. so it's just awesome that you've created something like that for people and Thank it was you. just really your fucking dream like it was just part, it was just you fulfilling a dream and I, I i bring that up because a lot of times when people think of selfishness they yeah. think you know you do something for yourself and for some reason it takes away from other people right and actually one of my past interviewees looked it up in the dictionary and she's like actually that is the definition for selfishness like doing something without regarding other people's feelings or desires 
and that's why I'm talking about the radical selfish yeah. acts. And so how when you really do something for yourself, like out of love and like when you're really fulfilling a dream and nurturing that for yourself, it has these profound ripple effects. And for what you're doing with your desire to reach as many people as possible, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to that point, there's one of my favorite quotes from Gabrielle Roth, who's one of my dance teachers. Um, we would have these epic dances together and get into these amazing states and come down and all just be blissed out. And she would remind us, there's only one of us here. Hmm. So, I mean, yes, we are all having this human experience and in different bodies, etc. And what I do truly for me everyone else is going to need that thing. Like, if I really need to move, if I really need to figure out a way to nourish myself properly, if I really need to sleep, the people around, like, that's a, that's a universal need. Um, and when I do that, when I take care of myself, I increase everyone else's chances of getting it. It's really a sort of, that, that idea that what I need, if I get what I need, it takes away from you um, is sort of based on capitalist theory. Yes, oh, I'm really glad you brought as that if, up. As if like the energetics of the universe were capitalist, right. which I'm pretty sure they're not. Right, like a scarcity mentality, yeah. possibly. Right, yeah. like that there's a, a, a finite... A limited amount exactly. to go around, as opposed to... Um, if you think about law of attraction, like what you put your attention on grows. And yeah, so I, I'm in total agreement. And I would also say, going back to how you were talking about, you know, it's amazing that in spite of the fact that it's not a super drinky dance floor, it's still really sexy. Yes. And the first thing that came to mind was, of course, because people feel safe. Because it's not because they're not blasting through their inhibitions with alcohol and and making it. I mean, people still do drink, but it's it's in moderation. Um, because it's a safe space, we are sexy. Like people are sexy. It we're sexual beings, and it's part of our natural self-expression. And the chances to express it in public, where it's not taken as an invitation, etc., are so few and far between that when there is a container for that to happen and it's like people are ready. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. I mean, I was at a gas station this morning and someone was blasting um, Love Hangover by Diana Ross <laughs> and I just wanted to jump out of the car and just like dance, but I really held myself back because I didn't want the attention of like all the guys there and mm. like, you know, it just, it wasn't a safe space, which a lot of women know that experience mm -hmm. or, or a lot of, um, you know, of people like disempowered people they know that experience that if they really show their true selves like someone will try to cut them down or something violent could happen like that's just what happens in this mm. world unfortunately so even more so i appreciate that kind of safe space like i wear shit to the get down that i would never wear mm. to another club because i can just totally be yeah. without being worried about anything at all yeah yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. I've kind of created <clears throat> this little magical world around myself. <clears throat> I live in an intentional community and I run this awesome party and and I'm still connected to the world and I live in New York City and I see people every day, all day. Right. But it's sometimes when I really tap into the mentality that a lot of the world is living in, in terms of not feeling safe, in terms of feeling um, in scarcity, feeling afraid, it's, it's mind-boggling, the, the difference. Uh, and, the, and the amount of fear that people are living in. It's true. Yeah. 
well, like part of it is a lot. You, I mean, oh, all of it, it all just comes down to being really intentional, right? Like, what kind of environments are you creating for yourself, and what kind of people are you surrounding yourself with, and what are you putting in your body, and what kind of music are you listening to, and where do you live, and how, and you know, it's it's your responsibility ultimately to create that for yourself, and if totally. you have the freedom to do that, like, admittedly, you know, it's a privilege to be able to do that. So if you have the freedom to do that, yeah. if you're not doing that, yeah. like yeah. you are just, you're just like taking a lot for granted or like, it's just, you really have to honor that for yourself. Totally. And through that way too, again, like people can look at you or experience how you live your life and it can open up a possibility or a train of thought in them and it might feel good or it might feel bad, right? They could have a jealous reaction or an angry reaction or like a really appreciative reaction, but still you're turning on something in somebody that wasn't there before and like opening them up to the idea that things don't always have to be the way that other people are doing it or society is telling you to do it or like the way that you know how life is lived by most people. Yeah, well I think, I don't think I'm turning on anything new. I think I'm creating a space where people can turn back onto themselves mm. and it, it's so daunting the situation we're faced with in this world it's so much there's so many problems and you know I come up against I'm just kind of like okay what's the best I can do right now and the best I can think of is to create more and more of these spaces where people can come and come home to themselves and come home to being able to love themselves, being able to listen to their bodies, being able to um, be in a room of people that feels like family, even if they've never met them before, um, to to get them down to that that base level where, you know, when we're all just connecting through our ears and through sound and through rhythm and through movement, like, doesn't matter what color your skin is, doesn't matter what your abilities are, doesn't matter what culture you're from, how old you are, anything we're all on the same page and we're all just in our humanness at that point and I feel like there's so many ways in which our world today is like we're losing track of that the fact that we are all humans on this planet hmm. together and we're getting caught up in the divisions these like made up divisions exactly made up I love that you said made yeah, up yeah totally made up imaginary Imaginary, a lot of imagination, like many, many thousands of years of architecture of imagination that is a lot of work to excavate. Um, but those moments of dancing, you know, it, it's such a quick way to come back to, oh, right, I'm alive. I am in a body. I'm surrounded by people who care about me. I get to feel sensations. Hmm. I get to drink water. I, you know, it's like the, those basic things um, that are so easy to lose track of. Well, also, again, to, to say that you've created a space where that's another thing that I love in so many conscious places or in healing places, there's a, such a lack of diversity. Mm. And the get down is like, the antithesis of that, mm -hmm. it's like everybody is there, like everybody. And it's such a welcoming space. I mean, it's just, it's not even that it's welcoming. It's just like totally natural. Like, of course, it's like sometimes I'm there and I'm like, dude, this is just how life should be yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. So to have like a representational place like that where everybody can just spend time together and sweat it out together and feel together and just be you know it's 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 so important and it's so political you know yeah. like spaces like that are ways that like we we fight the the structure that was built around us that divides us a lot mm -hmm. of times like you know if you listen you know, when you say made up it's like if you listen to the news or um or to like the media out there like if you just consume that you'd have such a different idea of what's going on in the world and it's not that that stuff isn't going on but at the same time there's cultures like the one that you've created mm -hmm. and all these people that 
that fan out of it and that are doing their own things that are like spider webs out in it like what we're creating and so for people to see that for people to be invited to be part of that like that's how we have our revolution like that's where i'm Mm -hmm. coming from with it yeah there's a lot happening in the world and the media is reporting on the most extreme most fear-mongering most click like watch view getting things um and they're not covering the beautiful things that are unfolding and i was just reminded of what you just said of that buckminster fuller quote um about don't worry about getting rid of an old system just build a new one that makes the old one obsolete yes yeah it's kind of my favorite quote ever and that's what i want to do huh well yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of courage. I mean, it's like doing something that no one's ever done before. It can be so easy to talk yourself out of it to or to be too afraid to try. Or even like what something that I've learned through my practice and through my work with my clients is that asking for advice is like a terrible thing to do mm. because most people are concerned with like staying safe or doing what's known. Um, and so if you want to try something new and you ask somebody, like most of the time they'll give you their version of what they think is the right thing to do. They'll never be able to give you the answer that is the best thing for you to do. Mm. Right. And so, um, because so many people are living in a place of fear or scarcity or they don't have that vision, like when you're reaching out for that kind of, to those kinds of people, it's so easy for you for them to talk you out of it, like to hold mm. you back. That's that's how actually a lot of my clients come to me. Mm. It's like they know that they really want something, yeah. but they can't and they can't shut up that voice inside yeah. of themselves. Yeah. Even though everybody around them or yeah. the society around them is like, don't do it. Yeah. It's not safe. How are you going to pay your bills? Yeah. How are you going to survive? How are you going to take care of your kids? Like, mm-hmm. and still they can't shut it down, and so they're just like what do I do? Like, I have to do something, you know, that's their, that's their tipping point. Yeah. That's kind of what I, the, the wild ride of the last year and a half or so I've been on. It was just sort of fully committing to being all in Hmm. on not staying safe. And of course you can't, I couldn't get rid of all of my comfort zone infrastructure at once. I'm still pulling back the layers and seeing places in which I'm trying to be in control and stay safe, etc. But that's the, the game I'm playing is what happens when I fully let go of that voice? What happens when I just say, fuck it? And, and try to see if I can figure out some new life rules. Something is getting fuzzy. Yeah, I think it's your microphone a little bit. Oh, this is probably... Yeah, but it's cool. It just got fuzzy for a second. Yeah. You're perfect. Okay. Um, so could you say that sentence so, again? <laughs> You're so, trying to get rid of that voice. Yeah, well, it's like the game I'm playing is what happens when I let go of all of the rules that I was either conditioned to believe or have taken on over the course of my life and fully step into what freaks me out and be willing to figure out whether there are new rules that I can come up with for this reality. So (laughs) my two questions are, give me an example and how. (laughs) So, I mean, one example would be taking the leap to become a DJ. You know, to me at the time, it seemed crazy. And... I didn't know what my game plan was. I just knew that I had to. And I kept showing up for it. And that was sort of my first peek into like, oh, I think maybe life doesn't work the way I've been thinking it works. Mm. Um, Hmm. Because I I have, my parents are amazing and progressive and badass. And they're still in an older model of economy and life. And there's so much, now that we have the internet and we have this whole new world, like really anything is possible. And, and I was kind of operating this 
old sort of exchanging time for money. Like, right. both of my parents are in private practice. I just didn't know how I was going to figure out a way to like make a living or, or make life work. And so the question I've been asking is what, what happens when the rules I follow are not the ones I've been taught, but are the ones that my body tells me, you know, what, it, what happens when I follow pleasure, when I follow my gut, when I follow what feels good or what feels right, what happens when I listen to that gut knowing that feels really shitty about something mm. that, I, that my head thinks is the right thing to do, but that I feel an internal resistance to. So do you like make rules for yourself in that way? Like, oh, only if like, you know, there's that, I think it's a Mark, um, Mark Manson article that he says it's either like a fuck yes or a no. Mm-hmm. And people have so much resistance to that. Like, cause it's a no to take out the garbage or it's a no to like pick up your kids from school, you know? And it's such a clear cut rule, like yes or no, yes or no. Like, do you make rules for yourself in that way? Um, I am, I do lean towards the fuck yes rule. I also don't like to have rules. But I would look at that, the, the garbage example, uh-huh. and say, it's not really about the garbage. The question you're asking is not, do you want to take out the garbage? The question is, do you want your house to be clean? Mm. You know? Do you want it to smell in here? Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's like, do I want my roommates to be really pissed at me mm. <laughs> like, if I don't take it out? Um, <clears throat> so it's not, it's not always just about one little action. I'm really glad that you brought that up. It's a really interesting thing to remember. Like, I don't want to do my taxes. I don't want to like do the, do the (laughs) things that I kind of do have to do. Um, there's, there's things I have resistance to that are part of accomplishing a larger mission and vision that I am a fuck yes to. Mm -hmm. And along the way I'm learning to, can I, you know, can I put systems in place that make this easier so mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and streamline those processes and eventually like be bringing on a larger team to help um, just delegate. Well, that's an interesting point that you bring up because some people out there, their their passion is doing taxes or yeah. like creating systems. It's or their like, zone of genius. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and this brings me up to um, that so many people are afraid to ask for help or they get in this mode of like, I have to do it all by myself. And they really miss out on a, an opportunity to make their lives run so much smoother and more efficient to just be in their zone of genius and do the thing that they're the best at. But then also B, they take away the joy that they could be giving to somebody else or like the purpose that somebody else is seeking to give in this world too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, my a dear friend of mine does social media stuff uh-huh. and I'm, I like social media. I I like using it as a creative outlet, but I have not been strategic about it at all. And so I finally just hired her to help me. Mm. And I'm like, am I like cheating or should I be doing this myself? Mm. And the answer is no. She's fantastic at it. She knows so much more than me. I'm giving my friend a job. Yeah. Like it's every I then don't have to deal with certain things. Everything about this situation is good. It's win 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 win. And you know what's cool when you ladder that up, like I think a lot about making money and about um, like the politics and the um, the necessity for us as women to demand like what we think we're worth. Because when we make more money, we get to spend it on the things that are not only important to us because we desire them, but also we get to give it to other people and support other causes mm-hmm. and other businesses that like we believe in and then like I mean, that's what we do as women. Like, men want to... Mm-hmm. Sorry, men. But, you know, a lot of people want to, like, hoard it all or, like, put it in a bank where it just becomes, like, dead energy, basically. Well, that's what our economy, the nature of our currency right. does. You know, if you have a currency that um, decreases in value the longer you hold on to it, there's different ways to do currency. Um, but, yes, 
Well, so, and I want to, I want to, <laughs> that's a tangent. I, yes. So I want to actually just change a little bit before people think that I'm anti-male. It's not that it's, I think back to the patriarchy and yeah. like the system that's been put in place, yeah. which was just originally set up by men. And it's like how we were taught to deal with money and how to hoard it or how to keep it safe as a way to like keep ourselves feeling safe or stable. So I just think it's really awesome that you know business own like women business owners like we have our politics and like how we spend like we're so conscious about that like it's part of how we have our businesses Mm -hmm. so i just was really um i I liked hearing what you said about that yeah yeah there's like five different conversations in what you just said about (laughs) because because that also goes to land ownership and the transition from hunter-gatherer lifestyle to agriculture and so much shifted in our consciousness around then. It's when patriarchy started mm. is when, and when, is too many conversations. Which is, <laughs> I, should, I should veer back on track. I can have this you is back gonna later. Get, this is gonna get out of control. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, have you read, read Sex at Dawn? No. Okay, that's where I was gonna take it. It's okay. a whole other podcast. But worth it. Okay. It's it's really cool. I'll read it and then I'll have you. Come yeah, back let's book. Let's have a book club. Okay. 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 I'll link I'll link to it on the show page. Also, Done. everyone can read it. Amazing. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. It's a really different. You know, I look at what the the mindset around money that my parents raised me with. You know, we were upper middle class. We were fine. I never worried. Um, but money was all, always a stressful thing. It was always. Um, is there going to be enough? Like, also, I think, because they grew up during the Depression mm-hmm. um, and that consciousness. There was never an idea of, here's this energy that you can gather and redistribute in all sorts of different ways mm-hmm. that can be exchanged for many more things than just your time mm-hmm. and that can be used to build other things. You know, I was raised in a family where it was like, all right, let's 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 maintain and have the family thrive mm-hmm. as opposed to let's build enterprises and let's employ lots of other people and let's, like, create something out of this. It was like, can we just have enough mm-hmm. for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love the shift into how can I become an overflow so mm-hmm. that other people can benefit from that? You know, and go, going back to the radically selfish, like, the more money I make the more people I can support, the more good things I can do, the more, like, I'm not going to spend, I have three pairs of shoes that I've had for, like, 10 years. That has not changed. That's kind of been my MO since high school. It hasn't changed no matter how much money I make. Hmm. I, I just don't care about that stuff. I'd rather invest in people and, like, invest in new projects. It's so cool how you said overflow. I never yeah. thought about it like that. And also, I just think there's so many connotations or judgments around money and abundance of, and what it means if you're rich or to have a lot of money that you would, again, somehow keep it from others mm-hmm. or that you would take it and it would be out of the system or inaccessible to other people. And so this idea of being conscious with your money and that the more you have, like, that it, that it can just pour back out there, that it's, like you said, this freely mm-hmm. moving energy. Like, to think about it that way, you could really develop a different relationship with it. Because totally. you're, you're right, like, my, my parents, they're not from this country. Uh, we, they're from a communist country. They're from Russia. So we grew up with this, also with the same idea that there's never enough. Because the way that my family grew up is, like, you couldn't own anything. Right. And there were, like, it, there, there was a scarcity mentality because that was what the it, government... There was scarcity. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I grew up being raised with a certain ideology, too, and with uh, from another generation. And so because we're so lucky, I mean, even with all the things, the terrible things going on in the world in general, like, we're really safe, mm-hmm. right? Like, most of us have never felt the effects of, like, war in our in our home countries, and, like, we are making enough money to survive and to thrive, and so now we're just like, okay, well, now what? Like, we don't have to yeah. struggle to just, like, maintain, and, you know, it's more than just living a hedonistic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, we're really called for something else, some kind of deeper meaning and some kind of deeper purpose. So how can money enable that too? 
right? We don't need it to be safe. Yeah. Like, everyone in America, not everyone, but many people have flat screen TVs and cars mm-hmm. and homes and and credit cards and like and with the big chain stores like things become cheaper and cheaper and i mean you have to think about all that right because somebody's making those products like yeah. somewhere down the line oh yeah like, you know so having money even like allows you to make those kinds of conscious choices of where you're going to spend it and what you want to support and who you know you want to see thrive and and how you can help do that yeah well and even to invest in the new system right like that is all that huge dichotomy between the haves and the haves not and the one percent that's a product of capitalism and the way that our capitalism operates and the way our currency operates so and there's different you know we live in a single bottom line economy if you switch into having a triple bottom line economy profit people and planet Mm. Um, you start to organize your values differently. Mm. That's what I think is so cool. Even as we see our government just crumbling, like whatever is happening over there, um, it's inspiring. It's terrifying to see the power of corporations. Uh, And it's also inspiring because there's so many amazing companies that are coming up right now that are operating so differently and that are connecting with other cultures and economies um, and workers in different countries in these different ways that are conscious and about supporting and creating new infrastructure. Mm. And I see corporations as being much quicker and able to evolve and having the potential to do much more good than the government because the government is like this old elephant, this old like dead elephant creaking along i don't know that's the best thing i can come up with well you know a we are all able to call out corporations and government so much quicker now like when we see something messed up happening the thing that's the thing about you know um voting with dollars like deciding where you spend your money is corporations have to listen right like if you're pissed you're not gonna spend your money with them anymore and so they have to pay heed and actually that's why I, I mean, I, I'm like, am I about to say this? But that's why I'm not so freaked out about what's happening in the government right now. Because, yeah, everything is so, like, out of control. Like, you know, I just can't believe half the things that I'm reading. But there's this part of me that just knows that it's, like, part of this much bigger change mm-hmm. that's happening. And that, like, oh, I'm just really... I'm not happy, of course, because people suffer, but it's just, it's good that all this stuff is coming to the surface. It's coming to the surface. Because it's nothing new. It just was all hidden below, you know, and now we just, everyone has a real chance to see, like, what's going on and how things are going to have to change because of it. But still, I want to call out, like, I have these arguments, well, debates with my parents who come from, like, a really repressive country, and they're like, man, you, you just don't know how good you have it here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's always then again interesting. I always have to check my privilege in that way and just remember, you know, what's going on outside of the U.S. and or with people that are being marginalized in the U.S. Like, I just, yeah, I just always have to think about that, so. Yeah, well, I, f- I feel like my friend Raw Goddess, do you know her? She's such a badass. I don't know. She, she does move the crowd. Um, she calls him... The Great Accelerator. Huh, that's interesting. And you look at what's happening right now with the Me Too movement and all these dudes being outed. And I look at even in my personal life, like, I'm not the kind of woman that dudes fuck with. Mm. It's not a problem that I've had for a really long time. Because of the way I carry myself. Like, it's just not, it's just not a thing. However, there are women in my life who have started, like, I've suddenly been engaging with these sketchy dudes who are overstepping my friend's boundaries Mm -hmm. and being in these situations where I'm helping my friends like extricate themselves for from really not cool situations and I was texting with my sister today because I was getting her advice on how to deal with one of these situations and I was like, what is happening right now? It feels like all at once. And she's like, yeah, this pattern is coming to the surface. Mm. Um, and it's being addressed. Like something is being illuminated. It's been buried for a really long time. 
And what's cool is, you know, even though these situations are uncomfortable and they seem messed up, they've been there. And now we have an opportunity to address them and draw the line in the sand of this is not okay. Wow, that's so, it's amazing how we can change our way of thinking and to think of the problem versus like the great accelerator. Yeah. And that we have the opportunity really at any time to do that, like to reframe what's going on. And it's not about ignoring a problem or like pretending it doesn't exist or like positive vibes only. Like it's not about that kind of bypassing at all. It's really just seeing the opportunity or the lesson or the potential. And that's really powerful. Well, and that even reminds me of the tapping session that we did Mm. at the beginning of the interview where it's like, we can freak out all day long and that's not going to do anything. We can stress and be anxious and it's not going to solve a single problem. But if we show up fully with our full presence and attention embodied and in touch with our truth, then we can actually take action. Like I, just a small example, there was um, a, a dude who was sort of harassing a friend of mine and when I found out about it, I got really angry and really protective and, and fight or flight. And I went into fight and I was ready to like <laughs> go to arms with this guy. And then I took a week to chill out. And then the situation arose again and I dealt with it um, last night in a much better way mm. and was better able meaning. better like affect it like I was calm Mm -hmm. I was calm I was not emotionally charged I was I was not fired up about it I was just like oh because I put it in context and um in thinking about all all of these shifts that are occurring it was like huh here's this opportunity to draw the line in the sand and set the boundary that needs to be set and teach this lesson and did it and it went great (laughs) good for you yeah yeah I mean that's another perfect opportunity of like having that practice for yourself of moving through your fear Mm -hmm. you know making a decision of doing what's best for you or what's best for someone you love or what's best for women in general like in being your best and doing your best and staying committed to that it's so much about facing the fear my friend just told me this story of a, a guy um who was in the he was in the jungle and he turned around and there was a jaguar lunging at him mm-hmm. and he had no choice in that moment there was no way he was going to get away it was too close and he could not fight the jaguar um, and what happened was that the jaguar lunged at him with his mouth open and he he stuck his fist down his throat and pulled out the jaguar's tongue. And which is such a beautiful metaphor for fear, right? It's like, you can run from it, you can think that you have to fight it and then let it kill you, or you can just stick your hand down its throat and rip out its tongue because it's the the most horrifying thing you could probably think of in the moment, but it works. (laughs) And then it can't do anything to you. (laughs) And it's especially interesting that you say horrifying, right? Because it's always the we're so afraid of the fear, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Pema Chodron tells a parable that's a little bit more palatable about um, um, a group of people who were walking down the street, including including a monk, and there's a pit bull uh, on a chain that was growling at them and kind of pulling at the chain, and they walk past it, and the, the dog breaks the chain and comes running after them, and everyone ran away except the monk who runs towards it. Hmm. And then the dog turns and runs away. You know, and that's what fear is. It's right. this thing that is real until we step into it. Because the fear is actually only of what we don't know. It's not actually of anything real. Right. Skydivers say that the moment that's, a f- that's scary is before you jump. Once hmm. you jump, there's no more fear. I'm really afraid to jump out of an airplane. I'm so afraid. I've never done it. <laughs> we, we, we might have to go do that together. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
<laughs> yeah, my friend taught me um, a, a lesson, like, you know, when you have to get in really cold water, uh-huh. um, like, we were at a sauna together, and there's the cold dunk, and what she says to say as you're getting in is, like, I'm not afraid of the truth. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. So now, like, before, like, if I want to run into a cold ocean or, like, do something that I'm just scared of, it's just... I'm not afraid of the truth. I'm not afraid of the truth. I'm not afraid of the truth. That's been my biggest practice recently. I've had a lot of stuff surfacing. Feelings, emotions, situations, belief systems sort of being unearthed. And a lot of it's really uncomfortable. And for the first time in my life, I'm able to just be with it. Mm and just feel it instead of going into some coping mechanism or running away or working or you know doing doing something that that based on the belief that I don't want to feel this and it's bad and I want to get away from it it's instead it's like oh there's this thing arising that I've run away from all these times what if I just sat in the fire of it until I realized that I'm not getting burned hmm. and that's what's happening it's like amazing to me how many how many defenses I've built over the years how many pieces of armor how many how many strategies I've come up with to like protect myself or make it in the world or get acceptance or whatever and how those were really useful when I was young you know they're there for a reason those things like we develop these patterns for good reasons um, but then we reach a point where we don't need them anymore. And in order to move on to the next stage where we let them go, it's like we have to be willing to face these, these things that we've been avoiding. So do you have any um, t- tips for people that, you know, I know for me it's like, a, God, it's been a years and years long practice now, but is there anything that works for you the best or a way, something you tell yourself or? I mean, tapping has mm-hmm. been totally crucial because I can do it. The, the Actually, the hard thing about tapping is remembering and then being willing to do it when the opportunity to ri- arises. Yeah. You Once know, you do it, it's so easy. Right? Well, okay, I guess it's the same thing with jumping out of an airplane, too. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, that's the time when you feel the most powerless is when you're, like, in a reaction or, yep. like, with it. So that's the discipline, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that is something that I've cultivated over time, and I think of it like meditation, like... Meditation isn't about not thinking. It's about realizing that you're thinking and then letting go of the thought and just strengthening that muscle of realizing that you're thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is has been a practice of strengthening the muscle, of realizing that I'm caught in a charged state or there's something to be worked with, um, and it's time to be with it mm. and move through it. And so I've been using tapping and, and just really getting into feeling the feelings. <laughs> it seems so simple, but feeling them in my body and going, because usually the head will take it. So let's say I'm in a story about a relationship and I'm feeling fear or jealousy or like a charge of some sort that's been brought up. Um, you know, my, my head can take that and spin out with it and try to fix the situation, try to... What should I text? What should I do? Like, did I say the wrong thing? Maybe, maybe I should just end this because <laughs> it's not going to work. Right. Um, and in those moments, I've been watching that little circus play out and then <laughs> been like, huh, what am I actually feeling in my body? And then feeling the sensation and realizing that what I'm feeling is really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of it. I'm just feeling really vulnerable. And my mind has decided that that's bad and something to be avoided, but maybe I can change my relationship to that right now. That's really awesome. I love that you called it a circus, which it totally brought me in. Doing things like that, like taking care of ourselves in that way, like that's 
self-care is what changes us from the inside out, what changes society from the inside out. It's like, it's a radical act, right? Because it's not the thing that you'd put at the top of your to-do list and mm. nobody celebrates that and everyone has so many like needs that you just have to take a stand for yourself. Like this is, when I think of being radically selfish, I think of like the political act of what it means to take care of yourself first like to replenish yourself first because the world isn't set up to do that for you like the world is set up for you to fit into the cogs of a system to keep like everything else running it's not about your happiness it's not about what you want mm -hmm. it's about fitting in yourself into an existing structure mm -hmm. so the number one thing i totally agree and it's something i had to learn to say to myself is I'm feeling a feeling right now. Mm -hmm. Like even if I don't know what that feeling is, because that's something that mm -hmm. I have been challenged to learn about myself, is I'll have a reaction and of course I'll know because I'll be like a total bitch or like really sarcastic or not want to be around people. But, I, but I've learned now that there's something deeper below the surface which is so much more tender and vulnerable and soft, which I, I learned not to be in this patriarchy mm -hmm. and what it means to be like a successful woman and play like a man and like a man's game. And so I've had to unlearn that. And one of my greatest things that I learned was to just say, like, I'm feeling a feeling just so I can give myself the space to even explore like what, what it is mm -hmm. <laughs> and give myself that kind of space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's that it's which system are you bowing down to? Are you bowing down to this system that was invented by people however many hundreds or thousands of years ago to serve, you know, certain ends in certain industries? Which we just think is like the normal way that yeah, things which, should be now. Which is like somebody made it up, yeah. you know, what well, didn't used to be like this. <laughs> and or are we choosing to bow down to the system of this body mm -hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> like that's a system that's a structure so true and it's super intelligent wow i never thought about that yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> i could talk to you like forever yeah <laughs> i'm gonna have to have you on in another episode <laughs> well we'll read sex at dawn yes. and then we'll <laughs> yes, you'll all read sex at dawn oh, yeah. well okay so before i close this conversation is there anything that you're working on that you want to like share with people or want to talk about or anything I just really want to give you the opportunity mm, to thank you well the thing one thing I can share um, is that I've stepped into producing my own music yes. and and writing and spoken word and singing and really using my voice on a whole other level mm. because I feel like you know right now at the get down I can have an amazing impact on that group of four or 500 people. And there's so many more people who I feel like are, are hungry for that message and that experience. And as soon as I can put out a track that conveys the energy of what we're doing in that room, um, then it's like the possibilities are endless. And it's super scary because it's using my voice in this whole new way and it's really putting it's putting myself out there in a way that I've never put myself out there and it's saying to the world like here is a thing that I made for you hmm. I hope you like it oh, you're, you're so cute when you're saying that so glad that you're doing that yeah. like I'm so glad that you're doing the radically selfish thing of filling yourself up like that and just letting it overflow so that we mm. can all soak it up um, from you too like I'm I, I'm really really saying that like you're part of what makes my experience in New York really special so and full of heart yeah because people I, you wouldn't think of New York being like a heart-centered kind of place. Mm. So to stand up and be yourself and to offer that and to create it in a way that it reaches as many people as possible and still retains that love and community and integrity is 
really like magical and unique and mm. deserves to be honored so i'm so glad that you took the time i know you're so busy to of come course. and talk to me and to share with the people that are listening and i hope everybody that's listening goes to a get down and you travel right you go to la and other places to throw parties yeah too, so. people and i write i write a lot and i put out weekly mixes so oh, maybe people we'll share some links on the show page yeah and also tashablank.com cool and at DJ Tasha Blank on Instagram. Yeah, we'll put that all That's on the show where page. people can find me. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Tasha. I'm glad I was saying before, like, every time we're together, we're dancing. I so know, we're not we never talking. talk. <laughs> so this might have been the longest and most interesting and special conversation that we ever had. So mm. thank you, honey. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone for joining us. And check out the show page. I'm going to upload some links uh, to that book that we were talking awesome. about and to some of the teachers that Tasha was mentioning and to her music and to her website and to the get down. So check it out and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. I want to give a huge shout out to my amazing producer, Nikki Thomas. Love you, girl. Thank you so much to Ducks for my really fun and cool theme music. And of course, thanks to my incredible guest, DJ Tasha Blank. Your conversation taught me so, so much. And for everyone listening, you can learn more about her and check out the get down and see some links to the things we we're talking about on the show page. So just go to www.radicallyselfish.com. And if you know an amazing woman whose story deserves recognition, shoot me an email. I want to hear all about your personal revolutions. And don't forget to declare your desires on Instagram using the hashtag do you, because if you don't, who will? <laughs>